Hey guys, this is the Leafs Convo Podcast. I'm your host, Norman James. Thank you so much for listening. The Leafs beat the Panthers 6-1. Two straight wins now, 13 goals over the past two games. The Leafs looking like the kind of team that we all expected them to look like. But of course, there are still some things the jury is considering at this point. One of which, the game of number 29, William Nylander. Mike wants to talk about it, so do I. So what do you say? Let's pod. The Leafs Convo starts right now. And here he is, the one and only, Michael Piagello. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good afternoon, Norman. I am well. How are you doing? Not too bad. I'm feeling pretty good about the Leafs game right now. A 6-1 win over the Florida Panthers. Two straight victories. This is the Maple Leafs team that we all really wanted to see, and we're seeing it. I'm excited about it. What say you? Well, it's refreshing and we've seen it out of leaf teams in the past that have sort of not played have played down to their opposition and you have two teams here new jersey they score seven goals uh florida who they lost to last saturday they score six goals against um you know the the power play was fantastic the you know they took advantage of opportunities they got steady goaltending from freddie anderson but he really didn't have to stand on his head it was mostly an offensive performance and they did it without, uh, you know, a couple key, pl- well, one key player in Zach Hyman, you know, and o- Igor Azaganov, who was uh, fighting the uh, some f- a flu apparently, and unfortunately Martin Marinson had to get into the lineup. But it's refreshing to see them, you know, take advantage of their offensive abilities and really, you know, with Tavares scoring a couple goals and and Matthew scoring a couple goals and Marner being the the creative force that he is. I mean, it just it was just a, a pleasant game to watch, and really was no doubt uh, from the very beginning of the game. When you have all of the tools and the accessories, and all of those tools and accessories are pulsating and accentuated at their very best, it is a fun thing to watch, and that's why. We are fans. That's why people pay high prices for tickets. That's why we tune in. I thought one thing was rather unusual because it wasn't the first time that James Reimer came back to Toronto after um, being traded and then signing in Florida. He had played at Air Canada Centre and Scotiabank Arena before. But for some reason, when Luongo got pulled at 5 nothing and Reimer replaces him, he got nearly a standing ovation from the crowd. And I was a little puzzled by, you know, I, mean, I know he's a likable guy and a lot of mm-hmm. Leaf fans liked him in his, during his tenure with the team, but it wasn't the first time he'd been back. So I was just like, I mean, I guess it was the, it was the festive mood and the, everything was great and the Leafs were up. So why not give James Reimer a cheer? So I that was, that was the only thing that was sort of off kilter with, with me during that, during that game last night was that Reimer got, you know, the ovation that he did, but Hey, he's a nice mm-hmm. guy. So I have no problem problem with it look Reimer was a sympathetic figure when he was a Maple Leaf and I think fans probably felt sorry for the guy considering one when he plays for the Florida Panthers and two it's going into off spell Roberto Luongo who was being peppered when he signed with Florida it was one of the one of the I would say worst deals that I had seen because uh, you know I've been a critic of Reimer he's a, but like I said he's a nice guy but he's not a number one goaltender he, he proved it in Toronto we know what a number one goaltender looks like now with Freddie Anderson and Florida was Garrett was basically uh, buying insurance against Roberto Luongo being injured. And when they signed Reimer, they signed him for five years at around three and a, a little under three and a half million dollars. So he's got two more years of that. 
So he's not a, he, he's not a backup in terms of salary. Mm-hmm. So unless it's some team that is no is not a cap team, you know, he could be a backup for them. But he's probably going to stay in Florida because, um, you know, I don't know how much longer Luongo is going to stick around. But when he doesn't play, Reimer can pick up the slack for him. When I was younger, Mike, and the Leafs were terrible, I put a lot of my hockey focus into the Edmonton Oilers and how Wayne Gretzky was doing. And it was fun to pick up the paper the next day and look in the box score and see Wayne Gretzky with six assists. And I find myself kind of in that mode with the current Maple Leafs. You know, Austin Matthews, four points. John Tavares, a couple of goals. Uh, Mitch Marner, more assists. Morgan Riley, four assists. It's It brings you back to an era when you were just enjoying a player or a team that had pretty much the run of the play and would produce as such. Yeah. I mean, I understand that enjoying the journey and it's, it's great to see, you know, Austin Matthews score 19 goals in 21 games and Morgan Riley, you know, on a pace to break uh, the, uh, the single season points by a defenseman in Leafs history. I mean, that those are, that's all fine and good. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not above enjoying that and being in awe of the talents of these players, but, the end result here is what do they do when it counts? And that's the playoffs. And even Babcock said that yesterday before the game where, you know, somebody asked him about his team and talked about, you know, the recent road trip. And, you know, he came out and said, Tampa Bay is probably the best team in the league and they're better than us. And, you know, I, I agree with them. And if you look at what Tampa Bay has done on their West coast road, uh, or excuse me, uh, Canada, uh, Western Canada road swing where they, you know, they lost to, to Winnipeg in, in overtime, they went on a shootout against Calgary, two of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just, you know, they, they don't fall apart when Andre Vasilevsky gets hurt. They have a backup in Louis Domingue who just steps up and, you know, that team is deep. They're experienced. They've, they've felt pain before, as Babcock said, it's like they, you know, they've, they've gone to the final and lost. They've gone to the conference final and lost. And, you know, that pain the Leafs have felt over the last two years, losing to Washington and Boston. But it, again, in the end, it's how good this team is going into the playoffs and what Kyle Dubas does to improve their chances, who they match up with in the first round. I mean, this regular season is great mm-hmm. and everything is wonderful, but what is the feeling going to be if they lose sure. to Boston or Buffalo or whoever in the first round? It feels right now, Mike, like this is Tampa's season to lose. And if the Maple Leafs are going to win it, they're going to have to interject they're gonna have to interrupt step in and perhaps change or rewrite history it's possible Uh, and the maple leafs if they're going to do it are certainly going to have to be even better than they are now or they're going to have to have more hands on deck um, than they have now believe it or not speaking of having all hands on deck uh, zach hyman um, he's out with a what sprained ankle for three weeks they said a minimum of three weeks. Um, I don't know if it's a high ankle sprain or just a you know right regular run of the run of the mill ankle sprain. If it's a high ankle sprain, as we've seen with uh, other players and currently see with Timothy Lilligren, who was announced would not go to the World Juniors, mm-hmm. uh, high ankle sprain can take a month, can take sure. six weeks. And when the player comes back, you know their mobility is a bit limited because it's an odd injury. But um, and the, if you see the, the, the there was the replay of. Hyman going into the end boards in New Jersey, I think it was in the first period. And, you know, he struggled to get back to the bench and sort of fought through that injury for the rest of the game. And, you know, Babcock even said he tried to fight through and, and play yesterday, but 
um, you know, it, it hampered him. And the, the interesting thing is, is what do they do with their lineup? Because yesterday, all they did was put Freddie Gauthier in there. And I know he hit a post, but Freddie Gauthier, to, in my mind, has proved that he's not an NHLer. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, you've got a guy like Trevor. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Moore has scored, I believe, 16 goals in 25 games in the American Hockey League. He's, you know, Babcock talked about how well he had played in, in training camp. They've called him up a couple times but didn't use him. Um, I think it's an opportunity to bring up Trevor Moore because um, they've moved Connor Brown over to the left side, but they can, you know, put Moore in on the fourth line and move Tyler Ennis to the wing. I just don't think that, you know, Freddie Gauthier really provides anything in terms of uh, uh, his presence in the lineup. So why not give a Trevor Moore or even a Mason Marchman who would bring a little snarl to the lineup? Careful, uh, Mike. What do the data heads say? Because we know they don't like Zach Hyman, so that's good because he's not as skilled as Austin Matthews and William Melander, who, you know, in 11 and a half minutes against the Panthers didn't pick up any points. Now he was only on the ice for power play time around 40 seconds. Um, and I guess he's skating okay and carrying the puck a little bit and his attendance is uh, admirable. But other than that, he's not picking up any points. Now, you know, he's it's taking time, but it's not as if uh, he's made a large splash in his return to the NHL. However, are you okay with the progression of number 29, knowing that... You know, at some point, they're going to need him to get up to his semi-superstar status and earn the, the millions that he's now making and help this team get to where it wants to go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm underwhelmed by his performance so far. And, like, I mean, like everybody, you knew that there was going to be a, a problem starting off because he missed training camp and he missed two months of the season. That's why when I was – um, at, uh, I believe it was MasterCard Center when, after he had signed that Monday, I asked a question of, of Mike Babcock about a conditioning stint in the American Hockey League. And Babcock was very quick to say no or none. And there was no, you know, had, if he had thought about it. And now I, I hear other people say, well, maybe they should have sent him down to the American Hockey League for a conditioning uh. stint. I mean, honestly, really, it, it, I think that you put, and there hasn't been a lot of pressure. Mike, I was the one saying it first. Not just you. I was the one saying it. So people saying it now, just because they're saying it now doesn't mean that it's right now. It was right then. Mike Babcock thought because he was the Nylander whisperer saying the nice little things prior to his signing that he had this, um, this mental telepathy and the synergy going on. Nylander was going to summon his uh, play from the last two seasons and just get back at it with Austin Matthews. Nothing has worked of that sort. I can't lay it at the feet of Babcock. I think it was an organizational decision. I mean, we we heard yeah. we heard at the very beginning that they thought it would, you know, their sports science department thought that, you know, within 12 days he would sort of be up to speed in terms of his uh, in terms of his uh, yeah. endurance or whatever. I mean, he, that he mm -hmm. came in, you know, he came into camp in shape. That was the, or came into after signing the contract in shape. But there's one thing about being in shape, and one thing being in game shape, or being, you know, having your cardio up to the point where you're. Your, and and everything else and, and not only just that but you know the the fact of being up to speed mentally and being able to make the plays that that a 
quality player like Nealander has to make to be successful. I mean, I'm understanding of that, but it, it gets to the point now where, you know, they're succeeding right now. They're scoring all these goals and on the third line on the right wing, they have a guy who really isn't showing up and, you know, they, they need him to show up. Maybe not right now with Matthews and Tavares and Marner scoring like, crazy but -hmm. eventually they're going to need him to kick in offensively and in terms of asset management in terms of the fact that you know you need Nealander to start playing the way he does because if your goal and I I still think this is the case if your goal in the offseason is to move him because you have to uh, sign Matthews Mm -hmm. and Marner and you have to create space then him playing at a subpar level for the first couple of weeks is acceptable. If it's a two months and he's still not playing that well, then it's a problem. So Look, we'll see how it unfolds. Dubis and Babcock and the organization have gone all in on Nylander. So not only does the guy have pressure to perform, to live up to the numbers that he has produced prior and that he's expected to continue to produce or elevate even greater, not only does he have the pressure to perform for all of the data heads who think he's the greatest player in the history of hockey. Not only does he have to try to prove to all those Nylander haters who wrongfully think that you know he's a third liner or something, that he's much better than that. And prove to himself that you know he can continue to ascend as a, a professional. He's got to live up to the hype. Um, of this you know, $10 million prorated money that he's making this season and the patience and the consideration that Kyle Dubas has put into him and you know, all of the sweet nothings that the head coach was saying about him prior to him signing. There's a lot of pressure riding on this guy's shoulders, but they're all in it together. Nylander thinks he's amazing. His father thinks he's amazing. Dubas yeah. and his data thinks he's amazing. Babcock, I don't know if he thinks he's amazing, but he's trying to talk about him being amazing. They're all in it together, and maybe they'll all, maybe it'll all work out. But as of right now, the guy really hasn't made much of an impact, and yeah. a, that a lot of that has to do with the fact he hasn't played much. So let's all the data heads out there who said this guy is just the greatest thing ever, and he's better than Mitch Marner. So Mitch Marner, get rid of him. All the data heads now are saying, well, you know, he needs time. He needs time. That's fine. Just admit you're wrong. Admit you're wrong. The data has the data can't help you. When it comes to a player that's not playing at peak. So what do we do about this guy? How do you get this guy to peak? He's well, not, not the way it's happening right now. They should have put this guy in the minor leagues. So just let the guy season and heat up and come up and rip it up. Unfortunately, what? everybody got ahead of themselves. At the end of the game yesterday, they did put him out with Matthews for a couple shifts just to see, oh. you know, just to see if they could get him jump started. And that's, you know, that's the thing. There I mean, it's not exactly like he's playing with bums. He's playing with Marlowe and Kadri. So it's he's like not, it, he's yeah. not playing with any bums though, Mike. That team is a good team. The whole no, team. I, he could play with Tyler Ennis. He could play with Goat, he could play, bring back Dan Dawu and bring back Lonnie Bahanas. He could play with those guys who produce points. If he is a superstar, he makes his team better, everybody around him better. He can pick up points. It doesn't matter who he's playing with. Carlton the Bear could get a couple assists on this guy's line. So what is going on? He's just not ready. And, you know, their hope is that probably in the next few weeks he has a a good game. He gets, you know, he breaks the schneid. He starts to feel better about himself. And then it starts to sort of all of a sudden happens. And that may may very well be the case. But my argument has been and, and will continue to be that I thought that without him, the team had sort of moved on. They had compensated for his mm-hmm. not being there. Guys like 
Kapanen and Janssen had stepped up and the, the, the prudent move, if there was a deal out there to get that top four defenseman was to make that deal and, and move on. But now they've signed them. Now they can't, they, I don't think they can trade them this year because the, the $10 million cap hit is immovable. And they, you know, the next opportunity to move them is next July. And it would only be, it'll only be done if they get, the value that they expect from him. Mm-hmm. And the only way that that happens is for him to start producing, which most people think he will do. And sure. a lot of people hope he will do. And we'll see. Is there such a thing as not having enough puck to go around? It's almost like in basketball, someone's got to have the ball most of the time. You know, basketball is such a selfish yeah. sport. Is there such a thing as maybe there's just not enough puck to go around? And, you know, William Nylander, no matter how hot he begins to get, and there's going to probably come a time where he gets he's going to have a 15-game point streak or something like that, and we're rooting for him. Well, that's but, why you that's why you have a guy like Zach Hyman who's a grinder, who's a, a guy who gets the puck playing with Tavares and Marner because if you have another skilled guy on that line, it probably doesn't work as well. You need somebody who does a certain role fitting into the line, fitting into that concept. And, you know, I mean, that worked with Hyman, with Matthews and Nylander. And, I mean, I, Nylander is the finisher. He is the, he's the playmaker on a line. Um, I, I think it should and could work with with Marlowe and and Kadri. I just think right now there's a lot of rust on his game. I, I mm-hmm. said, you know, I said on Twitter yesterday, it says obviously they don't sell rustoleum in in Sweden Uh-oh. because you know, and, and they, you know, it's honestly, it's like he, you Did know, you get he, jumped. No. Did you get jumped and ganged no. up on by the Nylanderites? No, Did they bully and- you. Well, I'm sorry. They can't really say anything right now, as you call them, the Nylanderites. They can't really say anything right now because he's got two goal, or two two points in six or seven games. He's obviously struggling with trying to get back up to speed, and I'm understanding of that. But in the end, I want him just. I want him to perform. I want him to perform up to his very high level of skill. And if he does, it's good for everybody. It's good for the Leafs. It's good for him. And it's good if 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 the the goal is to move him next year, which I still think it is. But we'll see. I'm not on that train, Mike. I mean, someone's we got to have contrasting points of view on that. I think they love the guy, and I think they you know believe he's he'll be riding shotgun with whomever. Before we go, Morgan Riley, four assists, fun stuff. I mean, he's he's coming to his own. He's the guy's been in the league since he's been 18, and you know he's. He's gone through a lot of garbage with this team, and he's the beneficiary of a lot of talent, offensive talent, and you know he's supplying his share of the offensive talent from the defensive end. Could be a historic season from a Leaf perspective, historic season from a league perspective. I just hope this guy stays healthy, not just so that he can reach these personal highs and perhaps win major awards, but because he's just a good guy. In terms of value to the team, uh, and that's not saying that their value in terms of their talent, but number one, two, you can make an argument either way for Freddie Anderson and Morgan Riley because there's really nothing past them that can step in and fill their role. I mean, if Matthews goes out, Tavares obviously proved over those four weeks that he could pick up the slack and they have Kadri moving up. Marner, you know, you've got other talented wingers. I mean, it would be a loss, but you have somebody, you have other guys who are very talented that could step up. Morgan Riley, the next best defenseman is arguably Jay Gardner or Travis Dermott. Um, so if you lost him, it would be a loss, and Garrett Sparks would have to replace Freddie Anderson. So right now, I mean, Riley's having a Norris Trophy caliber. You know, he'll be in the mix if he continues this pace. And, they, you know, they, they're they very lucky they have him under contract at $5 million a year. That's one of the best contracts in the league. If the Leafs 
uh, go deep into playoffs and he scores anywhere between 75 and 95 points and he's right there in the mix and he hasn't done anything to lose the award. I don't see any reason why he's not going to win the award. I mean, he, it's not his award to lose, but uh, he's in good position to, to win the darn thing if he continues to play at this level and the team around him is as good and the hype around the Maple Leafs continues to intensify. Man, just bring in some more defensive help. Think about another backup goaltender, maybe a little sandpaper in in uh, a forward position. I don't know if it's a Wayne Simmons or even a Mason Marchman. Get William Nylander rocking and rolling. Continue to win. Get stronger every single day. Go put your nose in the business of teams like Boston and Tampa Bay. Rewrite history. Change history. If it belongs to Tampa, take it away from them. Make it yours. Forget about next season. Make it this season the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. Mike, when they win uh, like they have in the past two games and score 13 goals and basically um, boot around the opposition, these are the moments where we feel pretty confident that the Maple Leafs can do the business of winning championships. I don't know. Talk to us after the weekend. Thanks, Norman. That is a wrap for this episode of the Leafs Convo podcast. I have to ask yet again, how do you listen to us on one of the 20 premier podcast platforms we're currently available on or where it all happens? YouTube.com slash the Leafs Convo. Make sure you're subscribed and let me know how you listen to us at Norman James TLC or you can just get at me in the YouTube comment section like so many people love to do. It's an amazing thing. The interaction we have with Leafs Converse and TLC OGs, second to none. Let's keep it going. We're also looking for a title sponsor for this podcast on YouTube and all of those podcast platforms beginning in 2019. It's coming up soon. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's the company you're associated with. Let's talk about it. The Leafs Convo at gmail.com. For Mike Angelo, I'm Norman James. It's been fun. The Leafs Combo is out.